with space. And there goes Tyree McCants. Inside the five and in. What a touchdown. And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls. McClain stepping up, firing over the middle. It's caught for the touchdown. All right, let's do this. Welcome back to another edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. I'm your host, Will Turner, here on this Thursday as I record this just two days before the new year. Hope everyone out there had a pleasant Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever y'all celebrate. Hope it was a happy, happy holiday season uh, for you all as we approach 2022, which is going to be a pivotal year for USF. Uh, we've already, you know, touched on a lot of that on this podcast and over at Bulls247.com. So, you know, uh, make sure you check out all that content over there. We'll plug most of that as we get through this episode. Um, apologize in advance if I sound a little crappy on this episode. Been battling some sort of head cold. Uh, not sure if it was COVID. I'd love to be able to figure out if it was COVID and the Omicron variant or whatever the heck I've got. But uh, it's impossible to get a COVID test. Within Tampa, Brandon, I live out in Valrico, so, uh, you know, I don't want to go out to, like, the airport to get a COVID test, but even if I wanted to go out to the airport CVS and get a COVID test, like, I can't. Like, there's nowhere in this city that you could get a COVID test right now. It's kind of wild. But, um, yeah, apologize if I sound a little crappy on this episode. Um, have been battling a head cold, like I said. Got all the, you know, symptoms, the the runny nose, the congestion, all that crap. Been battling that since Christmas, uh, unfortunately. But uh, but here we are. So trying to trying to put pieces all together. Uh, took a little bit of a hiatus after National Signing Day. Uh, went down to West Palm for the West Palm Invitational on the women's basketball side. So again, uh, I know I wanted to get some content up in a podcast. Don't worry, we'll have some some NSD wrap up uh, later on. Uh, but I'm gonna hit the ground running here. Uh, once uh, January 1st rolls around, I just got to kind of get get into it uh, a little bit more. I got to get back to, uh, you know, a few things uh, with, with content across the board. So we'll, we'll get there. Uh, still a ton of questions that I need to answer regarding um, National Signing Day, which will get answered. So just be aware of that. Um, that is coming still at some point down the road. I just haven't had a chance uh, to, to, to put that together, obviously going on a little bit of a hiatus over the holiday before, you know, getting whatever cold or COVID or whatever the hell I've got. So, um, yeah, so let's get into it. This is going to be a, 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 a fairly quick episode, um, probably about 20, 25 minutes, uh, if that. So just, uh, be aware of that. Uh, like I said, should have some more stuff going on uh, later uh, over the next week or two. Uh, if this is your first time listening and you are wondering who this scatterbrained host is, uh, again, my name is Will Turner. I'm the site publisher over at Bulls247.com. You are listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time listening uh, and you're on the Megaphone.fm browser, 
Check us out over on some of the other podcast providers across the interwebs. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Make sure to check us out over there. Subscribe to us so you never miss another episode of the podcast. And if you're feeling willing, and if you're a long time, uh, if you're a long time listener of the podcast, we'd appreciate any feedback, any ratings that you'd be happy to give. Uh, we would be greatly appreciative of that. We've gotten a ton of good feedback over on uh, Apple Podcasts for sure. As I'm looking at that right now, a nice little, uh, you know, five out of five rating. We hope to keep that you know, the same as we go throughout the years. Um, still trying to grow this, obviously, within the USF space, too, all that, you know, chatter. Um, yeah, so uh, make sure to check out the deals over at Bulls247.com as you approach this uh, end of 2021. If you're wanting to make the switch over from maybe another site or something of that nature, or you, know, you want to jump on the train, we've got your first month for $1 over at Bulls247.com right now. Uh, we we uh, have our offensive coordinator hot board, which I'll kind of allude to through this episode. That is up and on the site now. Uh, some early class, uh, some early look at uh, an early look at the class rather for the 2023 and what USF might go after. Um, that's up on the site right now as well. So make sure to check out those two pieces of content. Um, those are kind of the two big things right now as I've kind of been on this hiatus. Um, if you missed it as well. Make sure to, to, to scroll down through whatever podcast provider you listen to. Um, take a look at uh, the episode that I did with, with uh, 24-7 Sports' Lance Glenn. Uh, that episode was up on the 22nd of December. Uh, we went national for, for a day and talked with a good friend of mine, Lance Glenn, about uh, USF hitting the transfer portal, kind of a post-NSD such. But yeah, join him on the College Football Daily uh, that's up on the megaphone.fm feed as well as the uh, other podcast distributors that we have. Um, definitely on Apple. I'm looking at that right now. I would imagine it's on some other podcast uh, you know, sites as of now. All right, and then one more piece before we really start diving into things as I take a, another sip of Starbucks coffee uh, because I just had a coughing fit that I edited out, so... Uh, you know, here we go. I love being sick, if you couldn't tell. Um, greatly appreciate the, the feedback and, and um, what y'all thought of the, the Bob Shoop episode after he got hired as the defensive coordinator. I mean, we straight up shattered, like, single episode uh, records. Like, y'all just hit play on that and, like, just let it run and put it on repeat. So that was really cool to see. Like I said, shattered every every record that we've had on our on our short appearance here of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. So greatly appreciate that. Greatly appreciate you clicking on that, sharing that with all your friends, and kind of what you thought about that. So obviously now USF is 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 going to have to find another coordinator now. Obviously, uh, if you aren't familiar with the news. Uh, offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss Jr. is set to take the Ole Miss job per multiple reports. Um, he will join on with Lane Kiffin, who uh, he was uh, under him uh, as a Stafford, Alabama, uh, as Kiffin's offensive coordinator at uh, at Florida Atlantic. So uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. will will join on with him at at Ole Miss. So um, just initial thoughts off the rip like I'm not necessarily heartbroken um with the way that that this all kind of went down 
Um, I'd tell you right now that, that you know, I, I don't know if his future was, was really set in stone following um, kind of the last three or four games of the season. Um, obviously, you know, you take a look at the last four games and, and kind of the offense went into a shell, especially at Tulane, especially at, at, at uh, UCF. Um, you know, you took a look at that first drive against Tulane, right? In that in that game, um, and I thought it was a I thought it was a great first drive. I thought it was a, a, a honestly probably one of the best first drives that USF has had in recent memory. Went right down a field, marched down a field against Tulane, and uh, Kelly Joyner Jr. ended up taking a speed option to the left side of the uh, to the left side of the field, and ultimately just scored on it and made a guy miss made a great move and uh did some uh quality you know it was a it was a quality play call I liked the play call and they had tried to do some other speed option stuff on that drive that had worked pretty well and then they went away from that speed option against Tulane and and their offense kind of went into a shell which is something that we you know had seen with USF they they would do some things that would um they would do some things that would work early on in the football game, and then they would go away from it kind of, um, you know, strangely. And, in you know, in some other cases, they would do some, uh, they, you know, they, they would run the same play that didn't work three, four times in a row, and, and you know, it, it, and then they'd be forced to punt on a third and fourth down. And, it, it, you know, there were some confusing play calls in the time. Obviously, in 2020, you know, you got to go back and you got to look at the two-point conversion uh, against uh, against Memphis, against Temple, um, you know, plays that ultimately kind of cost the game, you know, plays that uh, I, I don't know if, and I don't think they were really Charlie Weiss Jr. Uh, decisions. I know Jeff mentioned after the Temple one that I, or if I remember right, after the Temple, Temple one, I believe that was the one that Jeff called himself, and I believe Jeff calls the big, uh, plays in the big spots like two-point conversions and things like that but I'm not 100% sure if that changed in 2021 so um yeah but but just some confusing play calls and some confusing sequences uh throughout the year um you know that Tulane game is a perfect example the speed option really really worked um really really worked uh and and then they went away from it and, you know, worked with, with Joyner, it worked with Batie, um, and I really liked the, the concept of it because it was something that USF hadn't done all year. It was a little bit of a wrinkle for the last two games of the year, and they ran some shovel pass sets with O'Mary and Dollison. Uh, I think they tried to get Jaron Mangum involved in that way as well in that two-lane game, but, um, you know, they ultimately, like I said, went away from it and, and didn't show it show it the second half and, and kind of went into a shell and 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 that was unfortunate, um, you know. But uh, yeah, and 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 same thing on on um, you know, co- going into the UCF game and kind of the way that that one ended, um, you know it. <laughs> Very two like the two the the thing that I you know can't get over is the fact that that Tulane and UCF's defenses were very suspect. You know UCF had just allowed a fifty point you know fifty points to to, to SMU and you know Tulane had had allowed over thirty points a game in, in several games in a row and you know there were a few and there were a few of those games in my mind that that USF easily should have been able to put up numbers with the offensive weapons. And that's the other thing that, that we have to remember here, right, is is USF is not 
without weapons here. USF does not have, um, it's not like this offense doesn't have personnel. I really actually do like USF's offensive personnel a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of talent on the roster um, in terms of, in terms of, of um, who you have across the board and what they've added. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think, uh, I think you go into this spring now, and, and, and this is what I mentioned on the hot board, is you take advantage, as you take a, a, you know, kind of start to transition to look for a new offensive coordinator. This job could be very, very desirable with the pieces that USF has offensively. Um, you know, obviously you're going to you're going to return your starting quarterback in uh, Timmy McLean, but you're going to also return Katravis Marsh, who decided to withdraw his name from the transfer portal, come back to USF, which is awesome. I'm I'm stoked for it, and I think Katravis, I think you're going to see a quarterback competition in the spring, as early as spring football. I really do because Katravis Marsh isn't going to uh, withdraw his name for the portal if. You know whether those conversations were with Charlie Weiss or with uh, with USF head coach Jeff Scott. No matter who those conversations were with, those conversations had to include you're going to get a chance to compete for the starting spot in the spring and in the fall. Which I don't think that Timmy McLean did enough at the end of the year to have his job secure for the 2022 season. Um, you know Timmy showed some fantastic flashes. Everybody can agree with that. Um, and Timmy showed some raw athleticism that this program hasn't seen in a long time. And I think he did some fantastic things with the way that he nearly brought USF back at BYU. Um, you know, the way that, that he took the reins against Florida AM, and um, the way that he led the team against Temple uh, in the first half. But I, but I don't think he did enough, especially within the last four games of the season, to be able to to say that that job is is solely his, especially with Katravis Marsh coming back. Now, Katravis Marsh doesn't come back. We say Timmy McLean is a starting quarterback going into the spring, going into the fall, without a doubt. Simply because I think that Gunnar Smith and Byron Brown are probably both a year away. I don't think they come into the program with the raw athleticism that Timmy McLean and just kind of the raw it factor that Timmy McLean had coming into the. 2021 season um I don't think either Gunner or Byram I think both of them need need a year in strength and conditioning um I think Byram of the two I'd say Byram might be ready to go quicker than Gunner just because of the fact that he's going to be in the offense quicker that's kind of my so I think they're both very even um in the grand scheme of things having seen both play um but I give Byram kind of the the slight edge just because he's going to know the playbook especially the new OC He's going to know the playbook. He's going to be, you know, good to go kind of when those installs happen in spring and stuff like that with a new OC. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But again, I just don't know if your quarterback situation is, 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 is set in stone yet. And we'll get into that as we get towards spring football, obviously talking about a new OC. But, you know, to, to expand on the weapons that make this job desirable is, you know, you've got a stable of running backs. You've got Jaron Mangum, Kelly Joyner, Brian Batty. Um, consensus All-American, Bright Batty. Um, and then you should have Kwan Powell back, which is which is a back that everybody's kind of forgotten about ever since he got injured. Um, but he's a back that should be very good for USF that was, you know, in that top three. And then Darian Felix is still on the roster, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, you take a look at, 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 at the running back room, it's solid. I think the wide receiver room could be very, very good, especially with Xavier Weaver leading the charge. Latrell Williams is still set to come back after an ACL tear. 
Uh, you've got Omarion Dollison, who I'm just going to tell you all right now, if like you don't get the football in Omarion Dollison's hands more in 2022, you're doing yourself a disservice to, to whoever this offensive coordinator is going to be. That dude is special. That dude, like, I, 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 you know, I, let's just say I kind of, I kind of got a chance to, to really, really get a chance to watch him, uh, you know, recently. And, and that dude is, that dude's something special. So, you know, you've got Dollison, you've got Jimmy Horn, you've got Yusuf Terry, um, you know, you've got Choffrey Brown coming in, uh, you've got, you know, uh, Javon Thomas coming in. Uh, you've got Holden Willis, who I think could be a very valuable X receiver or slot receiver, or whatever they want to do. Uh, you're going to bring back, you know, all of your tight ends except for Mitch Brinkman, and then you've got your whole offensive line returning, which is, you know, not something that a lot of programs can say around the country. And you've got four of the most experienced offensive linemen in, in terms of starts in the entire country, between uh, Meech Harris and Demetre Jacobs and Donovan Jennings and Brad Cecil, uh, with Dustin Hall as that kind of fourth, fifth guy. And then you bring in, you know, two solid guys in Daryl Bailey Jr. and Mike Lofton. So you've got you you've got talent on this offensive side of the football. I mean, you don't bring in obviously as many transfers because you don't need as many transfers. But I think Mikey Dukes could be a very good running back that could find some early playing time. And I think Chaffrey Brown is is kind of a very underrated piece to this transfer class. You know, as long as he can kind of. Uh, as long as he can can control the drops and and the issues that he had up at North Carolina, but at the end of the day, this job looks very very desirable for a coach that would want to come in and be the offensive coordinator. Now, I don't want to give kind of my candidates away, obviously, because that is over on the VIP side of the Bulls twenty four seven message board in the website. So make sure you go check out, um, you know, go check out. Uh, you know, that info over there, I've got some, you know, candidates, I've got three right now on the website that are, uh, that would be guys coming into the program externally, um, all of them, uh, excuse me, two of them have ties to Jeff Scott, um, one of them has, you know, general ties to USF, which I think would be a, a solid option as well, um, and then I, ha- and then, you know, I kind of want to spend the last, you know, a little bit of this podcast kind of taking a look at um, you know where USF could go in general with this if they decide to go internal because um, you know I think this is going to be an interesting I, I think this is going to be an interesting um, scenario in my opinion because I felt more you know if one of the two coordinators were to go either Glenn Spencer or Charlie Weiss Jr. were, were going to go I felt more comfortable you know, I would feel more comfortable if I were Jeff Scott in hiring internally if you were on the offensive side of the football with what was there staff-wise. Because I think the offensive staff, experience-wise, is it just generally has more experience, um, you know, and, and you could make a better case. Because I remember, you know, uh, you know when, when, when they were trying to, figure out defensive side of the ball we were a lot of us were scratching our heads going okay well George Barlow has play calling experience but Ernie Sims doesn't Quan Bowers doesn't and and uh you know that's kind of your whole defensive staff at the point but 
I think on the offensive side, you've got a little bit more experience overall because you've got two guys that have been around for a long time in college football, and Alan Mogridge and Bobby Bentley. And those are my two kind of top picks. Um, I think Alan Mogridge is, is, is one that could be a very, very underrated pick uh, if USF decided to go internal. Um, maybe not uh, as a co, you know, as a play calling offensive coordinator, but maybe as a, you know, as a secondary offensive coordinator, a co offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if you would give him that co offensive coordinator title uh, because he's an assistant head coach. Um, I don't know if Alan Mogridge would have any desire of calling plays. Um, you know, he's been an offensive line coach most of his career between his time at UCF, at Temple, at FIU, at North Carolina. Um, he's, he's been an offensive line coach for the majority of his career. So I don't know if he really has a desire to, to, to call plays, which, you know, not everybody does in college football. Not everybody, you know, wants to be a play caller. Not everybody wants to be a head coach. Um, you know, Bob Shoup straight up said that during his initial press conference was not, you know, he, he would rather be a coordinator than a head coach. And, and, um, you know, I think that's, that's admirable. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that in college football, but, could that be where Alan Mogridge is standing at in this point in time? Probably, maybe. Um, you know, I, I think I th- he's he's super. Res- I, I I I think Alan Mogridge is you know probably one of the most underrated coaches on this staff in general. Um, offensive line is obviously a position that kind of gets left out at times and forgotten about at times. But um, Coach Mo is 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 one of the most respected on the recruiting trail, especially. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks that hold him in high regard, um, you know, just kind of in general with, with, um, you know, his recruiting prowess and what he's done kind of on the trail and, uh, very, very highly respected, you know, when the camps come around, he's always one of the, uh, you know, at least when I saw this year with the camps, he was always kind of one of the, one of the last guys that had a line of prospects trying to meet him. Um, very highly respected, you know, with high school coaches that I've talked to around the area, um, you know, that, that love coach Mo and kind of what he does. And, uh, he's recruited a little bit here and there, uh, in the Bay area. Now, um, on the flip side, I, I, you got to take a look at Bobby Bentley now as a wide receivers coach, another guy with 30 years of, of coaching experience as, you know, a candidate for this, for this job. Bentley, um, and take Bentley over a guy like Cam Aiken because of Bentley's experience. Um, obviously Cam Aiken did some great things in the running back room, um, and could be a surprise, you know, guy like Ernie Sims. I didn't, I didn't know if Ernie Sims would be um, kind of ready to go right after year one or year two of, of being in the system. Um, but, but it was a pleasant surprise. I don't know if Cam Aiken necessarily is going to be there yet. Um, again, I don't know if he's going to want to take that promotion just yet either. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think that Bobby Bentley could be a very very interesting name in this in this thing because obviously he's a passing game coordinator. He's he he worked very close with Charlie Weiss Jr. in play calling and scheming guys open. Which you know you take a look at the first couple of games of the season and kind of on the back third of the season too. USF was doing a great job of getting guys open. Um, it was just a matter of of you know the quarterback seeing him, whether it be Cade Fort or whether that be Timmy McLean. Um, so. You know, I think Bobby could be a really interesting, you know, candidate. He's he, he's got a lot of uh, experience as a as a high school head coach. Uh, you know, obviously was a head coach at Presbyterian for two years, as we mentioned before. I think uh, you know when you look at the true improvement from year one to from from year one to year two, and really going back to that 2019 season, 
Um, you know, as a, as a whole, I think that the most improved units uh, on this team have been the offensive line and the wide receiver room. I think Xavier Weaver um, really, really took a step forward in being the first true wide receiver one USF has had since 2018 when Randall St. Felix had a uh, had that fantastic redshirt freshman year. You really got to go back to Marquez Valdez-Scantling back in 17 to really find that true downfield receiver threat um, you know, possession receiver type that Xavier Weaver was. And even looking at, and I mentioned this on Hotboard too, even looking down the depth charts at guys that have been developed like Holden Willis. Um, you know, Holden Willis was kind of one of those guys that, that you know, was brought on at the end of the recruiting cycle and said, yeah, we want him as a tight end, but we'll kind of figure out what we want to do with him down the line. And, you know, I when, when Weaver went down, I, I, th- I think Holden Willis... I think Holden Willis was really good as, a, as an ex-receiver. Um, you know, so we'll have to see what happens there. But, you know, you take a look at the two position groups that have improved the most. It's the wide receivers and the offensive line. I think, um, you know, you take a look at Xavier Dye as the tight ends coach slash recruiting coordinator. You know, I, I, I like Xavier Dye and what he puts together. But, I, again, I don't know, you know, you, you look at the experience. Um, you know, he's only been a coach, you know, a, a position coach, you know, five between three, four years between West Virginia and USF. So I don't know if he's exactly, you know, going to be ready for this kind of, you know, promotion. We'll have to see. Um, obviously, you know, we're not meeting rooms and, and, and we're not, you know, talking to Jeff Scott, um, on a, on a daily basis and getting in his mind, but, we will, uh, we we will have to see. You know, I think I think if you I think USF will likely go external on this hire. I think that at the end of the day, um, this this unit probably could use a fresh face um, in terms of of play calling. I think that you don't want to change your offense too much. I think you're gonna look at a you're gonna look for a guy that has an up tempo offense, um, a lot of RPO style, just like you know they tried to run, but maybe with a few different wrinkles. Because you want to make sure that, especially with your recruits coming in and guys that have already signed to the program, you want to make sure those guys are going to be comfortable in that offense, uh, especially coming out of high school. Because, you know, you look at what Gunnar Smith and Byron Brown, those guys ran RPO-style offenses. So those guys are comfortable with what, you know, Charlie Weiss Jr. did. And, you know, I, and again, I, I, I think um, you, when you look at it, I, I don't know if it's a – I don't know if if it's necessarily a, a heartbreaking loss. Definitely wish Charlie Weiss Jr. all the best at, at Ole Miss um, and, and success over there. I think the biggest thing with me that I really liked about what, what, what Weiss did was I, I loved his identification in quarterbacks because I loved some of the offers that they had um, you know, to quarterbacks, definitely not keeping themselves within state lines as, as we saw uh, with Byron Brown and Gavin Gosnell, the, the walk-on that's, that's coming in. Uh, from both from North Carolina, um, you take a look at some of their other offers uh, from you know kind of around the country. Um, you know you've got uh, Dontrell Jackson from Marist out of Chicago. You've got a, a, a couple of Georgia, a couple of Alabama. Um, you know guys on, on the on the a couple of Texas guys, a Delaware guy. Uh, excuse me, Braden Davis who was at Lake Mineola um, prior to moving back to Delaware, but. Ultimately, I think, uh, you know, I think, I, I personally think uh, that uh, I, th- I think you go external with this hire. I think, 
I think uh, the timeline on this is is I, I think it could be a little bit more fleshed out. Um, obviously, you're not looking to have somebody in place by by signing day. Um, you know, for your traditional signing day in, in February and early February, because that's kind of not as meaningful now that you have 98% of your class signed um, without, you know, the remaining transfers and, you know, the remaining transfer guys that they're going to target is going to be along the offensive line. And that's not necessarily as much of a scheme fit um, as, as, as skill players would be. Um, so, you know, I don't think that really impacts recruiting all that much. I checked in with both of the quarterback signees and, and they seem good to go. So ultimately, I, I think this could be a little bit more fleshed out. Um, I think there's a little bit more time to do things now that you're truly in the thick of your offseason. You know, Jeff Scott's going to have a little bit more time to be able to, to, to devote to interviews and things like that, considering that he's not going to have to really worry about recruiting um, as much. There's no in-home visits to, to really worry about. You know, we're currently in a dead period until uh, January 13th. And then you've got, you know, your contact period again, which is kind of some uh, those traditional in-home visits that you normally would have. Um, you know, but but um, obviously that's not necessarily as prevalent as it used to be. But you could see USF coaches back on the trail uh, between the 13th of January and the 29th. You've got a quiet period. Uh, you know, for, for one day on January 30th, and then that whole month of February uh, is a dead period. So you're going to ultimately, you know, have a, a, a good amount of, of, of a dead period in recruiting until you get um, until you get to, to uh, kind of the end of end of February and early March. So, you know, recruiting uh, obviously doesn't take a backseat because you've got a lot of 2023 kids that you want to start working relationships with. But there's a little bit more time that you can allot to um, there's a little bit more time that you can allot to to interviews uh, in, in trying to make the right hire on an offensive coordinator currently. Um, and then and then of course you know obviously once you get into January you get to get into your key strength and conditioning time when you know the only person that's allowed to really be out there coaching wise is AJ Artist, the head strength and conditioning coach. So Jeff, you know literally can't be out there via NCAA rules. So, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously, you know, they're obviously going to have meetings and they're going to be on a strict, uh, you know, 20 to 25 hour. I can't remember. I, I believe it's 20 hour week, um, that they're going to have, uh, throughout January and in February before spring football gets, gets underway. But, um, uh, you know, Jeff has a little bit more time on his hands to make this higher, so I think it could be a little bit more fleshed out. I'd imagine they'd want to, you know, get it done within the next month. Um, I, I'd imagine you'd see somebody before uh, February 1st. I'd imagine you might see somebody before February 1st. Um, you know, they got Bob Shoop in pretty quick. So we'll see how it goes. But, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of our, you know, the initial thoughts about Charlie Weiss Jr. going to, to Ole Miss. You know, why this job looks desirable um, for, for any guys you know, that would be coming in, um, you know, we've got candidates up on the Bulls 24-7 uh, VIP hot board, so make sure to check out that over at Bulls247.com. If you're not a VIP, get your first month for $1 right now. As soon as you stop listening to this podcast, go over there, take a look, look at the candidates and, and kind of some guys that I pointed out, and uh, and there you go. So we will uh, we, we will be back with some some post national signing day stuff yeah i know we're late but you know covid right and 
vacation. No, I didn't take a vacation. I was at home because I was spent. Um, but you know, but uh, yeah. So we'll 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 be back with some 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 recruiting stuff uh, later on. Uh, maybe not this year, but next year for sure. Definitely, you know. But you know, your cheesy little. We'll be back in January. So, but yeah. But for now, I was your host, Will Turner. If this was your first time listening, we do appreciate you you tuning in and make sure to check us out on the other podcast. Uh, distributors between Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So make sure to check us out over there. Uh, subscribe so you never miss another episode. And be sure to give us some feedback, uh, whether it be on Apple with a five-star rating, as we hope to accomplish every time we do one of these episodes. But And make sure to check out that College Football Daily episode I told you about at the top of the broadcast. Uh, that was definitely a cool episode. And I greatly appreciate Lance Glenn for having me on. But until then, again, hope everybody had a had a great Christmas, great Hanukkah, uh, great holiday season, and uh, we will be back uh, sometime within the next week or two discussing kind of the class and where USF goes from here. And who knows, we might have an offensive coordinator uh, to tell you about as well. So uh, until then, thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in. I was Will Turner, and we'll be back soon on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Thanks for tuning in.